Hi, my name is Renita, and I am your host of the Be Your Own Kind podcast. My podcast aligns with idea of my blog of feeling comfortable with you. I'm excited to share topics and ideas with you today. Thanks for tuning in. If you are new to the Be Your Own Kind brand, welcome. If you like what you hear and see, please subscribe to the Be Your Own Kind YouTube channel. And if you're listening to the podcast, please follow me. Also in the description box, you can find my Linktree link to all Be Your Own Kind related matters, such as the BYOK merch, where we sell items from t-shirts, sweatshirts, masks, and mugs. Also, you will find our website and the links to my social media pages. Also, we are always looking to collaborate with others, such as business owners, vloggers, bloggers, or just if you simply want to share your story. Last but not least, if you are looking to promote your business, Be Your Own Kind will gladly promote you. If you are interested in details, please email me at info at beyourownkind.com. Thank you for tuning in and for supporting the Be Your Own Kind platform. Hello, lovelies. In today's episode, I was educated on the meaning of business and industry disruptors. For those of you that are not aware of that term, disruptors are basically innovations that are shaking up the business industry. The disruptors are happening right before our eyes, and as consumers, we tend to just roll with the changes. However, if you are a business owner, it is important to stay ahead of the trend to possibly add a small twitch that would contribute to the changes and indeed fill your pockets. Today we are meeting with award-winning business and tech consultant Keisha Richmond to educate us on the meaning of business disruptors, the importance of having a tech consultant, the impact of COVID-19 has on management innovations, and more. Let's get into it. Hello, Keisha. Thank you for being a part of Being Your Own Kind podcast. How are you today? I'm amazing. How are you? I'm doing great, doing great. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, my name is Keisha Richmond. Um, Some people know me as High Octane, Um, but I am a business consultant, a business and technology consultant. I've been doing that for nearly 30 years, and I started out working at high-profile companies such as General Electric, Computer Associates, um, the Marriott, um, and then I went to work for some small um, mom-and-pop type of software companies. So most of my uh, experience has been in business and software. So um, I help small companies now actually uh, level up on their technology and in their business. Okay, so what um, what made you get into that field? <laughs> um, it's so interesting. Um, I always, I knew when I went to the grocery store and I um, heard the cash register, I knew that I always wanted to do something that had to do with key and money. And so when I was in high school, I followed the business program. I loved the tie by, um, was always doing something, you know, with business. I always was, uh, you know, trying to make money, doing little things on the side. Always had a hustle from the time that I was like 10. Um, so it seemed natural, even though um, when I got to college, uh, my English professor was like, you should switch to journalism. You should switch to uh, English as a major. I didn't do that, didn't heed her advice, but nonetheless, 
every single job that I've worked at in my career, even the small businesses that I work for, I do a lot of writing in the form of technical documents, business plans, um, things like that. So it lends itself really well in terms of documentation, feasibility analysis, things like that. So. Personally, you're still, you're still a journalist. <laughs> Just a <laughs> <one>. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Okay, so I know today you wanted to touch upon um, industry disruptors. Thank you for yeah. um, educating me because I got educated about it. Um, unfamiliar with the term, um, I looked it up, and according to businessleader.com, um, an industry disruptor displaces the existing market leaders and replaces them as the helm of the sector. Um, and you can add to that if you want. Um, but in my mind, an example of an industry disruptor would um, would be like the transition from like us listening to music on a CD and now listening to it on MP3 players um, or on our phone at this point. Um, so where do you expect to see more um, disruptors or in the coming years, like what disruptors do you think are gonna occur? Um, well, I would love to answer that question, but before I do that, um, let's talk about some of the examples that of industry disruptors. You mentioned going from um, compact discs to mm -hmm. MP3 players, um, but in the business sense, everyday business, one of the biggest examples, and you and I know, you're going to eat when I say this industry disruptor, you're going to be like, oh, you're right, you're right. One of the biggest industry disruptors that we know of right now is DoorDash, Uber, how they changed business, how um, Uber changed business so much that they make laws in California, they changed the whole industry. In New York, you have medallion cabs, then you have Uber. So who thought of Uber, who took that idea, took that concept, brought it um, to fruition via the technology then disrupted the whole market. That is the epitome of a business slash technology disruptor because it changed the whole entire game. So um, what I would like uh, a lot of our people to do in terms of you know, we know that, and there have been studies that show that we go into traditional businesses such as service-oriented businesses, things like that. But we want to be, and we've always been um, industry disruptors from the time of the cotton gin to the time of when we make peanut butter, George Washington Carver, um, but also being able to capitalize on that. So when you think mm -hmm. of doing your website, when you think of doing something in your industry, not only are you creating a website just for informational purposes, for people to go there, download things, buy things. How can you disrupt your industry? And sometimes it's just a small little tweak. Sometimes, you know, something that'll just give you a, a competitive advantage. It might not be in your whole industry, but it might be just something that you're doing a little bit different. So I kind of want to, what I will do is actually work with um, business leaders, founders, and owners who look at their business in that way. Like, how can I disrupt my industry? How can I use technology to really scale my business and to really put myself out there and do things in a different way? Hmm. That is a whole nother level because we it are is. innovators, but do, but we, our ideas get sold to another group. So we don't capitalize right. on that. That's an interesting point. Wow. <laughs> We're starting to do that um, a little bit more. 
um, because what you have to do is you also have to be able to um, in order to take your be able to take your idea from your idea to concept to proof of concept to prototype to be able to do the business plan, prepare the documents for investments, attract investors because Uber, DoorDash, those type of entities used venture capital funding and they were able to bring their product to market um, in that manner, start from city to city and spread out. So it just doesn't mean like, okay, well, I'm going to disrupt my industry, but you also have to put yourself in a position that you can be able to access those levels of capital funding. And so that requires a totally different way of thinking when it comes to business. Do you just want to enter and be a hairdresser and have a beauty salon? Sometimes that's the, that's the biggest capacity in your business line that you can have. Or do you want to do something large scale where you can service multiple um, you know, beauty salons or multiple um, whatever it is that you do? So in a big, large way. And that is where you come to work. <laughs> yes, as a business consultant and thought leader, I sit down with uh, my clients and help them map that out, help them see the path to their vision, um, help them build those prototypes, even help take them to get funding and prepare them for funding. Um, back in uh, one of the projects that I did work in, I didn't even know what an industry disruptor was. I didn't even know what I was doing at this particular time. But back in the early 2000s, back in the late 90s, I actually created um, with the with a um, with a uh, he was a record producer and uh, uh, an executive. So he wanted to find new talent. So at that time, what was hot and what was what we have come to be used to now is uploading and downloading music. Back then it was Napster, back then it was um, uh, maybe even Yahoo, but it was on the beginning. It was on the cusp of what we know now today. But back then I didn't have that mindset to say, hey, we're onto something. Hey, we need to do this. Hey, we need to do that. So um, there's certain groups of people that um, need to be exposed to thinking on that level so that we can take it that place. So, so where do you expect, or have you seen any, um, I don't know, disruptors that may, you know, be up, up and coming in the future years? I can't really say for certain, but what I can say, because it's just so wide open, mm -hmm. and um, what the way to really think about it is, you have to stay abreast of the technology. You have to, right, right now, if you wanted to become a, a disruptor, you need to be looking at machine learning, um, artificial intelligence. You need to be learned, um, looking at different things and how they apply to your business and either future um, implementations of that. So for example, how, how can you as a business take advantage of voice technology? How can someone say, hey, um, Alexa, find Renita. <laughs> hey, Ale you know what I'm saying? Take advantage of voice search and seeing that down the pipe and then being able to forecast to say, hey, I want to take advantage of that. What can I do now while people are not thinking about it? So what can I do? And this is the time. This Absolutely. Is the time. Yeah, because everyone is already trying to find creative ways to, you know, to keep their business going. So why not, you know, implement that into what, you know, what you do? <laughs> exactly and yeah. you should always have in your, your business team your business sometimes 
will form a loose um, a loose community of people that we keep around us. Of course, we have our accountant, our, our attorney, and then we have our business buddies and people, you know, um, in our niche that we co we communicate with. But also outside of your niche, you need to have that person, that thought leader person that you can bounce ideas off of, and that person who can help you say, okay, what would, do you remember that idea? Let's do that. It's going to be hot. Um, that's something that you want to start looking at now and how to get from point A to point B to point C to point C. Um, and that's so you can take advantage of that profit and leverage. Okay, okay. I got my wheels turning now. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And then make something that's recession proof and pandemic proof because those companies such as um, Uber and DoorDash, they're still operating. Um, I'd be curious to see, I haven't done the research on the numbers, but who benefited during the pandemic? Especially in the first phases of the pandemic, people were still ordering food, um, people were still, restaurants struggling to survive were still, um, you know, catering to this audience who were stuck at home and still need to eat. Um, they're still getting money, they still have money. so. They're still, and that's the big contention that they had in California, lowering the fees for restaurants and then also possibly lowering fees for the people who order. So they were still making money. So how do you make your business pandemic proof, recession proof, all of that plays into the thought process when you're thinking about becoming an industry disruptor. And you mentioned, um, what I, I feel like some businesses that thrive too is Zoom. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, businesses that thrive have been Zoom, but you also have to look at uh, why is Zoom thriving? Why is Zoom thriving and not Skype? So is it really an industry disruptor or is it just something that did it just have a feature that people latched on to? Did it already have a, a competitive advantage that allowed schools and businesses to embrace it readily, more readily than they would Skype? Because remember Skype was in existence already um me personally i've been working at home since 1999 so this is not anything new to me we use we use skype we use different other things so why did zoom take off the way that it did that's another um lesson or case study to examine because it had been around and it's not the only one so i don't know if it would if it's really a disruptor or if it had an advantage to where it leveraged that so that um <clears throat> people would take more advantage of it that's a good point. You raise a good point because I actually, I worked in the office. Now I work remotely, you know, because of the pandemic, but I didn't know anything about Zoom until the pandemic. So you're right. Maybe it was just a discovery due to circumstances. Um, and when I use Skype, I know it's a clear, it's clearer. You mm -hmm. can record easier. Um, those are the only two things I can think of. Like, mm -hmm. so you make a point about that. Well, we might not have the answers in our discussion, but if we really wanted to dig deeper, you know, we could go on and really find out, like, you know, what was that competitive advantage that they had to make people embrace it? Although they did have the um, the issue with security early on in the pandemic, but they appeared to address that and, and recover from it. So um, that's something um, to really think about because we all want our business to you know, have that kind of bounce back and that type of leverage in um, trying circumstances. That's true. I know we mentioned some brands already. Look like we're going through the questions without me asking them. Oh, but, I didn't even realize. Oh, no, it's good. It's good. I like conversation. Um, yeah. 
But uh, what what besides the brands that we name, what other brands do you think are shaking up the industry? Well, I happen to be working with a few brands that I think that are going to be shaking up the industry, but I'm not at liberty to put those brands out there. <laughs> but um, I feel like um, that, you know, yeah, I'm definitely working with some brands that I think is going to um, shake up the industry. You know, there's so many circumstances in our um you know, that we have been exposed to in terms of, you know, civil unrest that we have seen as a result of, you know, <laughs> um, things that have happened. So those things actually bring about a way, um, you know, a thought process to say, well, how can I help in this situation? You know, when you look at things that are happening, you're always thinking, okay, well, what can I build? What can I do? How can I help? What's going to, um, you know, help? So, um, Anytime that there is some type of um, calamity, catastrophe, um, pandemic, there is someone who's profiting. There is someone who is um, ready and able to take advantage. Uh, I wouldn't say take advantage in a bad way, but able to make, um, to use the cliche, make lemonade out of lemons. And so so we have to um, uh, be aware of that. That makes sense. So, in that case, do you think the election this year um, might might play a part in that as well? Well, how about I feel about elections? You talk about election as a business owner, business consultant. You do have to be aware of, of, of laws and things that change. But at the end of the day, your business, what you do, and how you operate has to be political. How can I say it? You have to be able to pivot politically. So you got to do what you do regardless of who is president. And you can look at any big major corporation and they have to be able to um, do what they do regardless of who is in office. So, you know what I mean? So I don't think that doesn't really, you know, affect me per se. I don't think it really should affect business per se. You always going to have to pivot regardless regardless that makes sense so you're, you're you should be following you know whatever laws pertain to your industry that you can keep coming down the pipe so one of um one of my previous clients they were a nursing home so when a minimum wage goes up when a, when a new president comes in and says okay well i'm going to increase minimum wage and they have to pay their um their workers their aides their nurses or whoever that affects them those type of things you have to um account for but there are ways that you can also make your business recession proof and you know do things like that but you have to be on the forefront of what's coming down the pipe so you could be prepared for it so that does make sense right right that makes a lot of sense um well we talked about the impact of (laughs) (laughs) COVID-19 oh here's what how do you think brands can keep up with these innovations like established brands like how can they keep up with these innovations what would you consider like establishment a brand um i don't know maybe apple uh oh they are at the forefront of the revolution so they're actually dictating a lot of what you a lot of um 
technology. They've been on the forefront with a lot of the technology, even implementing the um, COVID contact tracing into our phones, the facial recognition. They're on the forefront of it already. It's about the other businesses, like small businesses, like maybe you and I, people that we know, how can you take advantage of that? How can you be on the forefront of that? How can you adopt technology to be competitive in your business? Um, but they have a whole staff of people whose job it is to, you know, develop and do research and development. And they're years ahead of the research and development department is years ahead of what you see. So right now we're just seeing like Apple 12, we're seeing the MacBook or whatever, whatever. But the research and development department, department that we don't see is 10 to 12 years ahead of what we're seeing. Okay, that makes sense. What about small businesses then? How can a small businesses stay ahead? Um, small businesses need to stay ahead. They need to work with a person like me. <laughs> um, because it can be daunting to be able to understand. See, some small businesses are even having issues adapting to social media. How does social media work in our business? Do we really even need social media? There's tons of businesses that are not even using social media and still making money every day, all day. Um, and then how do you incorporate this into your um, business? So you do have, like you have an attorney or a lawyer, you do need to have a, uh, from time to time, if you don't have a whole staff for technology, you do need to consult, or it is advisable to consult with a technology consultant. You know, read trade journals, keep abreast of what's coming down the pipe. But the best way is if you, <clears throat> is to have that person and to, um, have st strategic meetings, do some strategic planning with um, technology. So that says, okay, this is where we want to be in six months. Is there a way to, is there any technology available to us that can do this for us? Because we really like to, you know, use robots or, you know, do this or do that. How can we incorporate that in a way that is cost effective? So you do need to, you should be tapped in with a thought leader in technology and business that can help you put you on the right track and get you thinking. But if you don't have that on your team, it's going to be very difficult. Yeah, because you only have knowledge about the now. Right, yeah. right. And you have to allocate funds for it too. Um, because when you use a technology consultant, they or business consultant, their rates are, are a lot of times comparable to that of an attorney or an accountant hourly and retainer and the rule of thumb is usually you're going to spend five to five about five three to five percent of your annual budget on tech so that should come out of that budget and you should allocate for that if you're really going to keep up on the technology uh, and that varies by from owner to owner to owner some owners and founders are a lot more savvy than others and they really want to go the route of tech uh, and then you find some are uh, a little bit resistant or just just right there in that moment so it really depends but definitely you have to budget for if you want if you see that as being a competitive advantage okay the information <laughs> <laughs> so um on the be your own kind podcast we have a staple question so if you could describe yourself in one word what would it be and why Tang. <laughs> Tang. Um, yes, Octane. I didn't embrace it. It was a name that was given to me um, back in 2000 when I was the president and founder of the Roosevelt Alumni Association back in Roosevelt, New York. Um, that is a community that actually gave birth to the P 
people like Dr. J, Public Enemy, Eddie Murphy. So um, they called me Octane because when I work with people, I like to work in a very fast, pragmatic way. And sometimes people can't keep up. And they're like, oh, that's too fast. But I get things moving. I get things structured and everything. They were like, and so my um, treasurer was like, hey, you're like Octane. And uh, we can't keep up. So I was like, why are you calling me Octane? I don't think that's a nice thing to say. But I didn't say that out loud. But recently, I was like, you know what? I am Octane. And so I leveraged that and I brought that. So when I'm doing business, I bring that to the table. And I bring that in the table in a way that I can say, we need to, you know what, we need to do this. Let's set a date, okay? When we're gonna have that prototype ready, we're gonna set a date for, you know, December 31st. I don't know if we're gonna meet that, but we're gonna push. We're gonna, get, we're gonna get this together. When I come into a cause, I tell you, we're gonna get things done. It's a whole different persona, okay? It's a whole different persona when I come into the room as Octane. So that will describe me, high Octane. And um, there's quite a number of people that call me that. So, yeah. That makes sense. Though. I mean, in your line of work, you have to to move fast because you're, you're essentially five steps ahead of the now. So that makes sense. You know, that... It doesn't make sense, but it does make people feel uncomfortable. They're not used to that. They're not used to working by deadlines. They're not used to answering to anyone else. Um, especially if I'm not in your business or you are used to being that. So um, I bring a different, uh, you know, and then it depends on like the region. So I'm here, you know, in, in, in Dallas, Texas, and I'm from New York. And so everything is fast paced. So when I come and bring a little octane, it's a little octane on there. Excuse me, we don't work that like that. <laughs> Slow down. So, um, so slow down. But then you have others, others who are like, bring me that octane. We need you on this call when octane comes through. Ooh. So, um, so it, it, I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. They're like, come to me on this call because you're going to get everything ready straight. You're going to get it first straight. So octane is definitely something that would describe me. And I'm so happy that I embraced it because it just changed how I flow and do business. And I feel so comfortable um, doing that. So I do advise everybody to actually take that question and really think of the one word that describes them and when they need to go into that um, persona and get things done, I think it really helps like a superpower. Yeah, it is. Like your alter ego, yeah. <laughs> I never thought of that question. Exactly. But yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So is there anything, any future projects or anything you want to share with the audience? working on an amazing project right now um, with a company company that's based out of um, Louisiana. It has to do with um, they're basically upping their technology in a way that is going to be able to help a lot of a lot a lot of people who actually need that help. So I'm really excited to work on that. Um, uh, and 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 see, you know, what is. To, I'm really confident it's going to be a success. But to really see it come to fruition, I'm excited about that. Um, but like I said, I can't say too much. But I'm super excited about going into the new year and working with new um, clients. And uh, actually, today is Cyber Monday, so a lot of people are doing, you know, a lot of things and offering um, <clears throat> new products and new things like that. So I help help them to get to be able to see you know, what they can do for next year. So we're already planning out and helping them do a lot. And then 
doing some stuff with um, technology. So um, that's great. Cool beans, cool beans. I love your line of work now that I understand it. <laughs> and also, another, a lot of people are looking for um, alternatives to social media platforms. Yeah, what are our alternatives? Well, one of the things that I'm being asked a lot is how can we live stream, stream off of our own site? Because we tried live, live streaming on this platform, we're being interrupted, we, we're being censored, we're doing this and doing that. That is the number one thing that I'm being asked now. Can we live stream off of our um, our own site and can you, can you help us do that so that we're not censored, so that we're not interrupted, um, you know, and so that we can control our own uh, media. So that's the number one thing that I'm being asked right now from a lot of small businesses. Um, that can happen on your own site, but it's less likely and you can control a lot of it. So that's really a number, the number one um, <clears throat> request that I'm, that I'm getting in terms of technology. I didn't know that was possible. So there is a possible way for you to stream on your own website? Absolutely. There's a way for you to stream from your own website, doing your using your own equipment, and live streaming from your site, hmm. and then pushing that out. Depending on what site that you have, um, you can definitely incorporate um, live streaming from your own site, and then push it out from there, and then go push that push it out from your own live stream, and then go out to Facebook. So if I wanted to. If, so, if we were live streaming directly from your site right now, people can go right onto your site and be like, hey, Renita's live, and I'm viewing it from your site. That way, you keep all those users, you can offer them different products, they're on your site, you're increasing your, your, your search engine ranking, you're increasing your traffic, you have the opportunity to sell, cross-sell, and keep that traffic on your site instead of giving it away to these other social media platforms who have their own community rules, their own community guidelines, uh, and then they can go down and then they can impact and take your account away at any time. So you do want to have that backup to, um, to that. Hmm. You're from me, I'll fly. <laughs> I did not know that was possible. It is absolutely possible and it's absolutely a must. And if you, you ask that question about, okay, well, what's going to happen when these political candidates come in and um, things change? You know what I'm saying? One of the things that has been changing is censorship. And, um, you know, they started changing that, like talking about COVID-19. If you say anything about the election, you get a little thing at the bottom that says, okay, or our independent fact checkers or anything, we check this out. So anything, so you're trying to position yourself as an authority in your industry, but at the same time, you have this thing down here where they're censoring, they can hear your words, they're doing this at the bottom and they're adding stuff on to counter whatever you're saying. So right now it's pandemic and election related, but if you're looking ahead, it could be anything related. So you want to be able to um, pivot in the event that, um, you know, something occurs that affects your business. Okay. 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 Hmm. Nice. <laughs> <And> how, <laughs> how can you be reached so you can help us businesses? Well, I'm on Instagram. I think that's how you and I found each other. Um, Hi.octane.keisha, K-E-S-H-I-A. Um, that's the best place to find me right now. I'm going to be launching my site, KeishaRichmond.com, very shortly. Um, but 
my telephone number is 212-603-9601. And my email is Keisha, K-E-S-H-I-A, at Keisha, K-E-S-H-I-A, Richmond, R-I-C-H-M-O-N-D.com. Awesome. Thank you, Keisha, for this this information. You really put some things on my mind. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so it hopes, you know, that all the business owners that's listening to this, um, she's also put some things on your mind, you know, and we need, we need this. Like, I don't even know if everyone even is aware of such things, you know? So, um, I don't know. This was a wealth of information. So thank you again for being a part um, of the BYOK, BYOK podcast today. Um, anything else you want to add before we end it? Well, thank you so much, uh, Ms. Renita, for having me. I'm so glad that we found each other. I'm hoping that we can keep in touch yes. and that um, you and I um, can bounce some things off of each other. It's always good to have kind of like an advisory panel thing, you know, people that are like-minded and trying to, you know, move forward and move their business forward and do things like that. So it's always good to be in good company like that. Yes, most definitely, most definitely. And until next time, everyone, don't forget to be your own kind and to take care of yourself and each other. Goodbye. Thank you.